Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Hello, friends. Welcome back to another episode I just rearranged my desk and you know when you do something very simple like rearranging your desk and you just feel so refreshed. I had this big monitor on my desk that I was using for a period of time when I was doing a lot more computer-based work, but I recently haven't really been using it and I actually lost the adapter to connect it to my MacBook, so I haven't been using it. And I realize I'm going into a lot of detail about something that you probably don't care about, but I've gone too deep now, so I have to finish the story. Anyhow, wasn't using the monitor. It was taking up a lot of space, and I decided to move it. And just that simple little shift, I feel so much better about my space now. I feel like I have so much more space. I am able to spread out a little bit more. And, you know, with all this talk of starting a new era and the freshness you feel when you make changes and remove things that aren't really serving a purpose. This is a testament to that in a weird, indirect way. So we're starting off on a really good positive foot here with this episode. A new territory for this podcast, something I've never talked about before, the realm of personal style. I plan to approach it in a kind of reflective way, like I approach a lot of topics. And, you know, when I started thinking about this idea of entering a new era and I started reflecting on that episode a little bit more prior to having recorded it, I was thinking a lot about, and I mentioned this in the episode, how I personally have a tendency to look back on a lot of former versions of myself with, at the very least, a sense of the ick, but at the worst, almost a sense of disgust. And, you know, I was thinking like, why do I feel that way? Why do I have to put former versions of myself under such a harsh light? And something that really comes into that conversation is personal style. I feel like I unconsciously had this habit of always looking back at my style and saying like, how did I think that was a good outfit? What was I thinking? that looks so bad, et cetera, et cetera. And I think there are a few different reasons for that, but I just I just kind of thought it was sad that I looked back on myself in that manner. And given that I am someone who loves to experiment and evolve and play with my appearance and my personal expression, I wanted to move away from that type of critiquing of myself 
and critiquing of past versions of myself and personal style certainly plays a big role in that because it really is sort of a visual representation of how we're feeling, what our interests are, how we want to present ourselves to the world. And we're not just talking about clothing, we're talking about how we accessorize, how we wear makeup if we choose to wear makeup, you know, how we do our hair if we choose to play around with hairstyles, etc. So this conversation is kind of going to be encompassing all of that, how it's a form of expression, and we're really going to explore a few different facets of that expression and how that can be influenced. For me, when it comes to personal style and the way that I express myself to the world in a visual sense, I would say that at the very best, it's a source of experimentation, self-expression, and it allows me to do so freely. I just think about how many different choices I can make with the way that I dress myself and the way that I clothe myself and visually present myself to the world. And that feels exciting and it feels like it can be a source of creativity and creative expression. But I think on the opposite side of the spectrum, it can actually be a way for me to shame myself or to confine myself to one way of presenting. And so I kind of want to explore that spectrum a little bit. And when I consider to myself the value of establishing a sense of personal style and, you know, refining what that is, for me, the benefit is it reduces choice overwhelm. So The reality is we could choose to visually present ourselves however we want, but that can be an overwhelming decision to make every single day. And so I think refining a little bit and getting clear on the sort of categories of personal style that we relate to, which is for me quite often rooted in what my interests are, that helps me to have a narrower kind of realm to choose from and I can look to people within those categories that I really like and I have a little bit more inspiration for my own personal style so taking this huge expanse of ways that we could present ourselves refining it into a few categories that for me are based on my interests and what I like and then kind of choosing between those is what works for me but In the past, rather than doing that, I, for some reason, and maybe you'll relate to this, have felt this pressure to refine myself really neatly into one category of personal style. So as an example, let's say kind of a granola outdoorsy style. I really felt this when I moved out to Vancouver was, you know, I would say prior to this, I definitely resonated with the sort of outdoorsy style and way of presenting. But then when I moved to Vancouver, I felt like I had to make that my whole identity. And then I began to want to explore other things, but I would question what that meant about my identity as a quote, outdoorsy person. And what I began to realize, this is sort of a silly reflection, but what I began to realize in this process was this wasn't new for me to find myself in a position where I had confine myself into an identity to the point where I wasn't allowing myself to really have the freedom to make other choices. And I saw someone speak to this in the submissions, which I'll share closer towards the end of the episode. But 
things as simple as when I really embedded myself into that identity, I didn't feel like, you know, I could wear makeup and express myself with different outfits in the way that I wanted to. And, you know, this is a personal experience. No one told me I couldn't do those things, but it was the experience of feeling like this box that I had put myself in was so rigid and I wasn't allowed to make choices that I felt didn't align necessarily to the requirements of that box. That's for me when it becomes confining. And the beauty of this reality for me is that I have the choice to express myself in whichever way I should want to from a style perspective. And why have I decided, why have I given myself these self-imposed rules to look a certain way, to present myself in a certain way, to maybe fit into this category a little bit further? And that's another important thing is I think this desire to fit into a category so neatly and fit into an aesthetic so neatly is probably for myself rooted in a desire for belonging. And I do think that it's totally fair why we desire to do this. And this doesn't just go for like aesthetics. It could also go for gender identity, the way that I feel I have to limit my expression because I belong to a certain gender or whatever it may be, is these sort of made-up lines that feel very rigid and feel very confining. And those are the lines that I've been interested in experimenting with. And anytime that I feel myself because it happens quite often to me, I feel myself kind of shrinking into a box and trying to contain myself. That's when I have this sensation of feeling a little bit trapped. Even if it's, you know, something as simple as, oh, I'm not allowing myself to make certain style choices because I've self-identified in a certain aesthetic or whatever it may be. Also, I'm not about to get up on a high horse and say that I am not a consumer and I am not a willing victim of consumerism. But what I will also say is something that I've noticed for myself goes hand in hand with this deep desire to belong to a certain aesthetic or category is consumption because it feels like from a personal style perspective or whatever it may be, I feel more valid the more proof I have that I belong to that category and honestly living in Vancouver for me is a good example of this because sometimes it does feel like a competition for you know how many activities are you doing how many outdoorsy activities are you an expert at and do you have all the gear and do you have the best stuff and you know I think it's just something to be aware of and something that I've noticed myself really buying into when I don't necessarily have a need for whatever the thing I am consuming is. It's more rooted in a desire for belonging. And I just think it's something to be aware of because I've definitely noticed that a lot here. And I know that it's not just the case in Vancouver. This could apply really anywhere in the world. Like I said, 
being aware of this tendency doesn't necessarily mean that I don't participate from time to time, but I constantly remind myself that I'm still valid in any identity, regardless of how I visually present myself or the belongings that I have, if I don't have the best of the best. And, you know, there are always going to be people, let's say skiers or cyclists who are comfortable with the bare bones. And I would rather be one of those people, honestly, because I don't want to constantly be needing to one up myself and one up others and have more gear and have more belongings and have more possessions and have the best style, etc. It doesn't mean that when I have a genuine desire for something, then I can't get that for myself, but it's recognizing when it's coming more from a place of competition and the need to kind of fit into a specific identity. In summary, from my standpoint, I think that honing in on a few areas that I resonate with from a values perspective, from an interest perspective, to sort of limit the amount of choice overwhelm I have when it comes to personal style and self-expression. But on the opposite side of the spectrum, I think going too far with that for me personally becomes limiting, it becomes confining, and I become prone to needing to compete with other people in that category, even if it's self-imposed competition, to be the most valid within that identity. And I can't remember if I already touched on this earlier in the episode, but another thing for me when I over-identify with certain aesthetics, we'll call them, is sometimes I remove things from my identity that actually do bring me joy. So for example, I went through a big like spiritual phase and that kind of moved into sort of an outdoorsy granola aesthetic. And when I was in that phase, I felt like I shouldn't wear makeup. I shouldn't, you know, color or do anything with my hair. And that's fine. Like, that's a choice that's valid, and I have nothing against that. And I didn't particularly dislike that when I was going through that period of time. Like, I didn't have a problem with it. But in hindsight, there were times that I wanted to play around with makeup or whatever it may be, and I wouldn't allow myself to because I felt like that didn't fit my aesthetic. And now, these are things that really bring me joy, and when I reflect back on childhood like I loved those things I loved to dress myself up and wear makeup and paint my nails and do my hair and at some point I don't really know why I can't pinpoint why I developed sort of a feeling of embarrassment about that aspect of my personality or shame about the fact that I did like those things and anything that fell into the kind of vanity category I felt really just kind of embarrassed about and ashamed about. I didn't want to talk about the fact that I like to get my nails done or do my hair or do my makeup. I thought, you know, those aren't really things that are worthy of my time and attention and energy or if I'm doing them in my own time, like I don't want to be sharing that. And, you know, I just recently began to reflect on why that is, why I felt that shame. And I don't really have a clear answer, but I think part of it for me is some of the narratives and they are very subtle narratives sometimes that are within some of those identities that I gravitated towards. 
Where I've come to now with personal style and aesthetic is I can gravitate towards specific types of styles and aesthetics and ways of presenting myself, but the moment that I find myself over-identifying with that or creating rules for myself based on an aesthetic is when I know maybe I'm falling into that, that habit again, and that's when I just take a step back and reflect on whether that rule that I seem to have imposed on myself is actually rooted in my own desire and does it actually make sense for how I want to present myself and how I want to express myself or is it something that I feel as though has been imposed on me or is sort of just an unconscious rule I've made to fit into a category more neatly. I did an episode a while back about putting myself into a box and I remember it stuck with me someone's submission from there, which is, you know, boxes aren't always a bad thing. They can help us define belonging, like I said, and they can help to refine the absolute vast, infinite number of choices that we have and make us less overwhelmed. But This person said that they think of boxes more as sort of fluid shapes that can be stretched and transformed and that we can move around in rather than something that feels so tight and rigid and refined. So I try to remember that whenever I feel a little bit sort of claustrophobic within a certain aesthetic or identity. Something else that I realized had a huge impact on my personal style and the way that I present myself even now is... The experience of being shamed, specifically as a woman for the way that my body looks, whether that's it's too big, it's too small, certain areas are too inappropriate to reveal in any way, whatever it may be, it's this constant focus on what is wrong with my body and why it's not okay for my body to just exist as it is in this reality because of a variety of reasons but ultimately my frustration growing up was why do i have to when you're ready to pop the question the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring at blue you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online choose your diamond and setting when you found the one you'll get it delivered right to your door Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Make adjustments because somebody else can't control their urges. And, you know, the narrative, I went to a Catholic school, so they were pretty strict. We didn't have uniforms, but there were pretty strict rules around specifically what girls could wear. And whenever I would question this, the answer always seemed to be, you know, because boys have urges and we need to be aware of that. We need to dress in a way that won't distract them. And that always frustrated me because the message that I internalized was your personal style and the way that you present yourself has the impact of distracting and invoking feelings in someone else and that's your responsibility to control that and if you don't control that well you're going to be on the receiving end of some shame and some real embarrassment like I know it may sound kind of silly but being a young kid and being asked to like change because what you're wearing is too revealing or too provocative it's really embarrassing and it's really shameful and I think that the shame is really misplaced to be honest and that's a theme that I've experienced a lot even into adulthood and I've just reflected on how that's impacted my relationship with my body and my style it's kind of a tough one because dress codes and professional attire and all these things like exist for a reason And I understand that. And to be honest, like I'm not an expert in that realm at all, but I just think reflecting on the delivery sometimes and the predominant focus on quite often girls and women's bodies and how those are offensive, I think that sometimes that is misplaced. And I think it's something just to be aware of how that may have influenced, whether it's you thinking that about other people or you thinking that about yourself and then how that influences your own relationship to your body and to your style. Because what I began to notice in the past couple of years is even after having left the professional world, I actually really removed any sort of what I'll call girliness or like tight clothing anything revealing, nothing too short. I completely removed anything like that from my wardrobe for a period of time. I thought that that was just my style and my style was gravitating towards that. But more recently, when I've wanted to wear something a little bit more feminine and notice myself having a certain reaction, or I've wanted to wear something a little bit more, let's say revealing, and notice myself having sort of a judgment towards myself, I've Ask myself how much a role that shame that I experienced actually influenced 
my relationship to my personal style. The focus for me with my personal style has become really finding what feels comfortable for me and challenging myself in the moments that I feel scared to present myself in a certain way because maybe I'll be judged or whatever it may be. Just focusing on again, what I feel comfortable in. And even from like a material standpoint, there are certain clothing that I realized like I was wearing just because whatever, like they're a common type of style. And then I was just like, I don't even like the way that this feels on my body. Why am I wearing this? So focusing on my comfort, prioritizing my comfort and dressing in the way that I want to dress and trying to peel back those layers of shame and trying not to take all of that responsibility for other people's sort of impulses. I'm trying not to internalize that that is my responsibility to manage. While at the same time, not being completely unaware and in denial of the very real dangers and, you know, potential implications that are unfortunate of certain choices, certain style choices, and just doing what I feel safe with. So that's my little take on personal style, self-expression, needing to fit into a certain identity, how that can be beneficial, how that can be confining, and then some of the reflections that I have on how shame has influenced my personal relationship with style and with my body and how I'm trying to peel back some of those layers of shame. Now I want to hear from you. I've read through some of these, but not all of them, so I'm excited to kind of dive into them. Reminder, if you want to ever submit a response, I always post the prompts on Instagram, usually the week of the episode or sometimes the week before, and then there also will be the link for the anonymous submission in the show notes of episodes moving forward. So let's read one. This person says... So my take, one personal style is that it's super important. As for someone who comes from a rather conservative town and background, I still sometimes struggle dressing the way that I want to. Growing up in a Christian household, my desired style was feared and judged. I still subconsciously tend to feel judged by at least 89% of the population. Now that I live in America, things are easier, but not entirely. Finding your true style is a journey and a learning experience. I want to go back to something that this person said because I think it's a really good point. They said, my desired style was feared and judged. And this kind of ties into what I was talking about, about shame and the way that we wish to express ourselves. What are the narratives around that expression? And when the narratives are fear and judgment how it can be difficult to actually move towards that thing even when we don't necessarily identify with that fear and that judgment because but when we've been raised on those things it's hard to remove ourselves from that narrative so we may even fear that way of expressing ourselves until we peel back the layers and recognize like no this is how I want to express myself there's nothing to be scared of and you know, there's nothing to judge about this way of expressing myself. And I also agree with what they said about your true style being a journey and a learning experience and it requires experimentation. And sometimes I think that experimentation, just like anything in life, can be 
going into territory that is new, that is potentially feared. And it doesn't mean that we have to then stick to that style for the rest of our lives. But I do think experimentation and exploration is so important. Okay, let's read another submission. This person said, stop going on Pinterest. I found my style once I started to wear what I liked instead of being influenced by what others are wearing. This is interesting and I think it's a really good conversation to have. I see it from two perspectives. When I'm going to other people for inspiration, but I have an intention behind it to, let's say, see how I could style this skirt that I have. And I can almost take advantage of the fact that other people have such creativity and maybe I can't access that within myself right now, but other people might have an idea that could spark an idea within myself. I really love using other people for inspiration, but I also do think that there's a line to where maybe I'm not questioning why I'm buying something or why I'm being influenced and it's not because it's connected to my own personal self-expression or style at all. It's just because I'm seeing someone else or large groups of people in the case of trends buy into something. And I really had to, or I guess have to consciously like ask myself that when I see trends. There are a lot of examples of this, but there are a lot of things in recent years that I actually do not like. Like I don't judge other people for wearing them, but there are trends that I'm like, I wouldn't wear that. I don't like that, but I've bought it. And then I've been like, why did I do that? Like where it's almost like an unconscious behavior. So I think being conscious of it can be really helpful, but I really do love like seeing other people's ideas and sharing ideas with other people and being inspired by others. But I do agree that sometimes that can hinder us from finding our own personal style. Okay, this person said, I've always believed that clothes are a way of expressing yourself and have been struggling for the past two years to find what feels like me. Throughout high school, I wore skinny jeans, t-shirts, and Converse almost every day. When I graduated, there was a lot more pressure to figure out who I was and who I wanted to be. Six years later, I found what feels like me and I'm actually... And what I'm actually comfortable in, not just what's trending or the newest stuff. But I'm still struggling with the confidence to be bold and try out new styles for a fear of judgment or looks or people perceiving me as different than what they're used to me looking like. That last point is so accurate. I know the feeling when you have this fear of being seen evolving. But like I said so many times throughout this conversation, I think experimentation is uh, necessary. And also, I feel like the pressure to like, quote, find out who you are and who you want to be. I always find that interesting because I certainly feel this pressure for myself. But again, I actually like to withdraw myself from that pressure because when I actually think about it, I don't expect to ever arrive to who I am or who I want to be. I think it's more of a fluid thing. And so I just allow clothes and style to be an expression of what I'm currently liking, what I'm inspired by. And I don't put so much pressure on myself to be finite in that and to expect to find one thing that's going to be it forever. I've tried that before. Like I thought maybe I was a capsule wardrobe person and I definitely like basics. I like neutral stuff because I can play around with it and I can create different looks with it. But I definitely don't think that I'm someone who will stick to one aesthetic and one style for the rest of my life because it's a medium that I feel really excited about experimenting with 
And what that means is that I don't think that that will ever come to an end, that experimentation. But I do understand the pressure. I think that that will always be there. And sometimes we just have to question whether that pressure is actually producing anything uh, productive in our lives. There are also quite a few submissions, which I'll just speak to for a moment, about trends and how trying to keep up with them is very exhausting and trying to actually navigate what out of the trend cycle you like versus what is sort of this almost like hypnosis of being tricked into liking something and then like what I just spoke about buying something and being like wait why did I get this I don't like it Um, and I definitely think that for me a rule of thumb is kind of in the moment if I'm seeing something that's trendy I don't stop myself from buying trendy things but if I'm seeing something that's trendy that on some level I'm not quite sure about I kind of have this if it's not close to a 100% the odds are that when I take it home or when it arrives in the mail I'm not really gonna wear it and I'm not really gonna love it so I either wait a bit sometimes I honestly find putting a bunch of stuff in my basket on when I'm online shopping and then just not buying it and coming back to it is really helpful and just allowing the trend cycle to like run its course a little bit and then deciding like okay I actually really want this thing but what I find a lot of the time is when the cycle kind of passes I and like the hype dies down around things like I realize oh my gosh I did not want this thing and I'm glad I didn't spend money on it and I'm glad it's not occupying space in my closet right now okay let's read one more for today it says realizing that it's not vain to love fashion and care about your personal style I used to think caring about what I looked like in any way would have a negative impact on who I was turns out it's the opposite I would really agree with this I think I really resonate with what this person is saying of course just like anything there are ways to take certain things to an extreme and for our relationship to them to be negative but I think when it comes to personal style if we feel that we're restricting ourselves from experimenting and exploring our style and expressing ourselves then that's when it can become kind of confining and I have certainly gone through this period where I felt like putting any effort into my appearance was somehow a bad thing and I've learned to question why I felt that way and you know follow my interests follow my desire for experimentation and see where that leads me and also be mindful of being influenced by trends and you know body alteration trends whatever it may be and knowing that that is always something to be aware of and then also knowing that I can choose to participate in the way that makes me happy, makes me feel like I'm expressing myself freely and isn't hurting anyone else and is not imposing judgment or stereotypes or whatever it may be on other people. So with that said, thank you so much for your submissions. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. It was kind of experimental, but then again, aren't they all? And don't I say this every two episodes, like a broken record. But yeah, that's it for today. Thanks again for listening. Hope you enjoyed and I'll see you next week. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello 
Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.